0: Sleepy town settling in for and welcome back to magnolia street
1: welcome everybody thanks for giving us a second chance
0: <laughs> yeah if you made it past the first episode we commend you we know yes. we probably went off topic a little bit here and there but you know we want many you to get to know
1: us many snaps many thank yous yeah, yeah. do you yeah. have a beverage
0: um i do not have a beverage i had some cinnamon tea earlier it was nice and cozy and
1: now i am beverageless. because <laughs> you have a are you having a rainy day
0: it is a rainy day. It's it feels like fall. I feel like the equinox hit and it just like automatically went mm-hmm. boom. No mm-hmm. more warmth, chilly night. It was freezing.
1: Where did, were you, did you sleep with your windows open? We have been. Oh
0: no, no. It was way too cold. We, we probably, I don't even know if he put the heat on yet, but it was definitely very cold. I was, <laughs> it was bundled up. I had my socks on, my hoodie on. I had a million layers and blankets on. It was very
1: cold. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. We cleaned out our chimney yesterday because uh we wanted to have a fire because like you said it just it's fall showed up mm-hmm. and it was cold and i was like this is great and i had been thinking i was like oh i hope aaron starts a fire and i've started smelling smoke i was like hey you started a fire but yeah. we didn't clean the chimney out so our whole house was like pretty, pretty smoky <laughs> no. so that's what we ended up doing yesterday i no. was cleaning the chimney out yeah. yeah but today it says 71 we're having, drizz- having yeah. drizzle but i have my um my demon whispers. It's pem- <laughs> pemple- <laughs> pemple mouse flavor today.
0: I love that it's just become Demon Whispers.
1: Yeah, oh, man. All right, what are we doing?
0: So, we're today we're going to well, before we get started with our topic for today, I just want to take a minute to well, <laughs> it's very early on and you guys are hearing this episode way after it's been recorded and released, even probably way way after our first episode has
1: even been released.
0: So we don't have any patrons yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but at so, this point, we would probably do a patron shout yeah, out.
0: We would do a patron shout out at this point. But we do want to acknowledge some awesome peoples who have been helping us get our name out on Instagram and social media and a lot of you guys have been helping us share our podcast album cover with the QR code to link back to us and we've been getting a lot of nice new followers trickling in so thank you to all of these people who have been helping us i heart practical magic was the first one to blow us up on mm-hmm. insta so thank you i heart practical thank magic you. wild spellcraft o to slowness cunning celt created dot by dot ejf little underscore wolfwitch the home ed underscore ASD mama bubble pipe productions b dot Dom underscore 22 and ruha underscore cone underscore cafe underscore L underscore podcast and genie underscore queen of wands so thank you yeah. to all of those instagram followers who've been really helping us blow this up so thank you so much
1: yeah guys thank you thank you and playing the emoji game has been really fun i think uh we just added our uh, at the time of this recording justina put up our fourth yeah grid correct yep. and i you're not even making it difficult like you're not even like <laughs> guess this scene And it's like what do you mean guess this scene it's well here's the thing
0: easy. i i i'm not trying to make it difficult at all i know but but it's not about like actually guessing the scene as much as it is about trying to just be interactive and getting people to interact with the post because mm-hmm. when they see these scenes that are so familiar to them, it's like, they want to be involved. They want to be like, Oh, they, and they, and everybody has been saying their favorite quotes from the scene mm-hmm. or, you know, the favorite music from the scene. Mm-hmm. And it just like stirs up all of this nostalgia, regardless yes. of whether or not, like they actually know what the scene, well, they know what the scene is. I mean, yeah. And i'm not making it that hard but it is yeah it has been so much fun i have to
1: say and this this fourth one that i'm uh, referring to is the you put like the when michael dies yeah and i would just want to say whoever put michael watch out like i was thinking about that like if this okay if this is real life the woman all the townspeople who see a man get hit by a truck like how traumatizing oh
0: my for god that, for that
1: woman who's like michael watch out of it's course like, her 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 words did not save him kind of thing i've been thinking about that i know so thanks whoever posted that (laughs) i know that's
0: a good Um, point that's a good point like they never you know we have the protagonists and the main characters of the story but we never know we never hear about from the townspeople like from their perspective so it'd it'd be cool mm -hmm. eventually to do a deep dive on like the townspeople i think
1: yeah it would be a very hypothetical conversation but still that woman who plays uh I don't know if it's the same woman. Is that the woman who works in Sally's shop later on? I think so. Is that the same one that at the end she goes, let's
0: clean house.
1: (laughs) Yeah, girl. She's in so many things. And I think we do discuss her in another topic we have coming up. But my gosh, she's just so talented. But today, if you guys are are here, we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive and a chat about um, a lot of the similarities and differences between the Practical Magic book and the movie. So just a disclaimer, (laughs) everything from this point on is going to have major spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie or read the books in the Practical Magic series, like at least the first one, that is what we're going to be focusing on. Um, Stop this podcast right now and at least go watch the movie. Yeah, what an hour and a half of your life and then come back and back and listen and the audio
0: and the audio book you could probably finish in a couple days if like you really binge it like you know
1: Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm.
0: but definitely definitely do that we don't want to spoil anything for you guys but you have been warned so
1: you've been warned (laughs) so yeah and this is definitely just going to be the first book
0: yeah and the movie movie
1: it goes along with because I know there's there's more in the series and we're not taking some of the details that we found Are later talked about in the other books but we're not we're pretending like we never read them and we're going to just go off the first book cool
0: yeah so for anyone interested Christina already did a pretty extensive YouTube video on the similarities and differences between the book and the movie but we thought we'd cycle those notes and reiterate a lot of that video here today however we have also kind of added both of our notes we have we added a lot more since so mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna talk about which, all that today
1: yeah which is super surprising because I thought I did a pretty like decent job you I wasn't to, like a very getting,
0: yeah I didn't
1: want to get too into it but that like but there was a lot we missed well, oh, I, that I yeah. missed
0: and even uh, after today there might still be a lot of things that we missed so if you have anything that you want to contribute and you have something that you want to tell us that we missed you can send us a voicemail in our Koji link in our IG bio and will also list that voicemail link in the show notes down below.
1: Yeah. They can send us an email also? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you can email us at uh, magnolia at gmail.com.
1: Hey, hey, those are probably the two best ways. We don't want to get um we don't want to miss anything if it's like in a Instagram DM or something. yeah So if it pertains to this, yeah, shoot us shoot us an email or a voice message. Yeah. So shall we get to it? Let's <sighs> we're get gonna, to we're it. Gonna, so- we have quite a bit
0: Yeah. So Um, Christina, why don't you tell us like a little bit about, I guess, when the book was written and the time between the book was written and the movie was released and all the production details that go along with that.
1: So Alice Hoffman wrote this book in 1995. And I was in, I was in kindergarten at that time. And uh, when interviewed about her inspiration for writing this story, she said, I loved reading about magic and I wanted to set a magical book in a modern time. It was a story of magic you can find when you turn a corner or just come upon it in your own neighborhood in your own city or town the title came to me first and then I saw two sisters who were as different as night from day and the novel began and this was taken from the fairy magazine if anybody has ever seen this magazine you know it's gorgeously put together fairy magazine uh that came out in 1992 Seven.
0: I, I also did a whole youtube video on the fairy magazine i did a whole entire flip through i totally forgot to mention that in the notes. Yeah.
1: yes let's link that below and um so that would be issue number 40 um so later in about 2020 she and camilla bell did an interview together via skype which is really sweet and camilla bell plays young sally in the movie and she said alice hoffman had this to say the books I really liked growing up were about ordinary people that just stumble into magic. I've always been fascinated by witches and the whole symbolism, so many little girls wanted to dress up as witches still. It's one iconic figure for women and girls that's powerful. So this uh, was then turned into a movie in 1998, and it was directed by Griffin Dunn and Denise Denovi. The screenplay was adapted from the book by Robin Swicord and Akiva Goldsman. And the music uh, contributed was Alan Silvestri, who also did so many other beloved titles. Do you know any off the top of your head?
0: Um, not off the top of my head, but I, I do mean, know sure. that there was another mu- a music score that they were actually using before Alan came on board. But we are actually gonna dive into that in a whole other episode.
1: Yes, um, some of you may know Alan Silvestri as he did the music for like all the blasts from the past, he did Predator, Castaway, uh, Forrest Gump is. A massive title, Lilo and Stitch, like the Cruz, uh, everything. He's, he's in everything. This was released October 16, 1998. They had a $75 million budget. And unfortunately, it didn't do super well at the box office. So it grossed um, $46 million, um around, you know, bar- ballpark in the US and Canada and worldwide, also, it was $46 million.
0: Yeah, hold on. I'm gonna pull up the Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> site for, yeah, I'm should. just curious. Um, I know it really I got horrible ratings from the critics as well. Um, <clears throat> this actually got a 23% um, tomato meter. Yeah, and <laughs> but it got a, a 73% audience score. The critics versus I guess like your general audience consensus, like the critics can go S a D. this movie is very beloved by A lot of people in the witchy community. So the critics can just go F off. There you go. I guess this movie was released in a few other countries. Or is that just like how what they um, translated it to? It's been translated into a couple other languages. Yeah, that's that's what it seems. French, Spanish, and Japanese. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be any of these. But I hope I don't screw up translation. But the, the French adaptation is called Amour et Magie. Love and Magic. The Spanish one is Practicamente Magic, which is Practically Magic. And in Japanese, there's a lot of symbols here, but I plugged it into my Google Translate and it said, Jitsuyo maho. So practical I'm magic. guessing that that's Practical Magic in Japanese. It's, it's been adapted and um, translated uh, all over the world. So it's beloved by a lot of, from different cultures, different walks of life. Christina, do you want to take us through, I guess, some of the similarities between the book and the
1: movie? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so these are just like the root story similarities, just like the basic story. These stories are set in the same era, and it looks to be in the 90s. They are set in New England, and uh, in the beginning of the book, it is set in New England, but we, I've just discovered New York is not part of New England. It's part of the tri-state area, so <laughs> in the great. book later, they, they transition to New York. Yeah. The Owens family dates back to Maria Owens, as does their family home. There are two sisters that are raised by the aunts who dabble in the craft the aunt's description stays pretty much the same. Uh, these two younger siblings are opposites. There are rumors of a witchcraft that lead to them being bullied. One of the sisters is named Jillian. One is named Sally. Jillian elopes uh, and leaves New England. Sally marries a, na- a man named Michael. They have two daughters. Later, he is struck and killed by a vehicle. And this this uh, accident, this fateful turn is worn a... Um, you have a death watch beetle warning of this occurrence there's a character named jimmy and he is the fucking worst he is a terrible human (laughs) um he is killed by belladonna or so we think this man is then buried in sally's yard a man named gary hallett is a police officer looking for jimmy the aunts help rid jimmy's ghost and sally gets a happy ending So those are the general roots.
0: Yeah, there are great similarities, but a lot of those similarities also have many small little details that differentiate, which we will get into and deep dive on a bit. Um, But right now we're going to talk about the general location timelines. So in the book, Sally and Jilly lives with the aunts in Massachusetts. Jillian leaves. Sally gets married. Sally moves to New York after Michael dies. And Sally and her daughters visit Massachusetts yearly and uh, Jilly comes back to New York to visit Sally and the aunts travel from Massachusetts to New York to help them get rid of Jimmy's spirit in the movie the girls live in Massachusetts pretty much the whole time Jilly leaves Sally meets and marries Michael they own a home um, we don't know where but we're assuming it's the same town since we see them in that one scene bringing the girls through town and on the tricycles which is really cute
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: Sally and the girls move back in with the aunts Jilly visits and then returns to the south unbeknown to the aunts they never see her visit only sally is the only person to ever know that she visits uh sally saves Jillie, drives her back to massachusetts and then the remainder of the film is set in
1: massachusetts so now the general aesthetic of the movie and books so this i typically read the books when summer is around the corner like it gets me ready because it gives me all the summer feels but the movie is definitely an autumn feel and uh, we'll get into why so the different aesthetics with the movie you get that autumnal go to it's like a go-to halloween movie and i think it's the stereotype of of having the witch in there but apart from the ending scene where it is all hallows eve it's not in autumn at all it's typically sunny and most of the scenes which i heard they had quite a hard time filming because they were in washington state and getting between the rainy days to to film was a challenge uh in the movie the aunts have the scene where they reference the solstice celebration we'll take them to the solstice celebration no 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 why why can't you just stay here no we can't turn our backs now we're on the committee yes we're representing. yes <laughs> i love I, had to. I love that
0: reenact i love I it, love it
1: um so you see the girls a lot in uh, the, the aunts are covered up they're like they, they're very modest but the girls are in tank tops and sundresses yeah. and
0: very nice. nice. It.
1: and it's coming right? back
0: aren't we happy i know it is that part back.
1: the low-rise jeans can fuck off but the <laughs> everything else super sweet uh and this uh, another thing is gary in the movie mentions that it's too it's too early for roses and i just I knew I did this in the video, but I didn't really read, to be honest, I didn't read about yeah. it, but now having roses at my house, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's a they only time for roses. Well, they typically bloom like around in May and June. And then I didn't have anything else all summer, but now it's September and I'm having all new growth. Yep. Same so here. So early for roses, what do we think? Where do we think that is? So April, like, do we think he's talking about, oh, it's April. Like it's springtime.
0: Maybe, but they talked about the solstice celebration before that.
1: So there's there's a little continuity error.
0: There is a little continui- continuity error there. And I think we should do a whole episode on bloopers. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, we have it. I have there's a, a note started. Yeah. I have a note started already, dude. I'm ready. Um, right. So then in the book, again, like I said, I, I usually start reading it at the beginning of summer, and here's why. So these are some of the quotes taken out of the book, and they just, oh, they are full of, like, good, juicy words. Summary, summary goodness. Yeah, uh, this one says, When it's this warm in June, and the sky is inky and thick, a knock on the screen door doesn't even echo. It falls into your dreams like a stone into a stream, so that you wake suddenly, heart beating too fast, pulse going crazy, drowning inside your own panic. And another one says... Sally and Jillian used to play hopscotch on hot August days when they only had each other for company, and the asphalt all around them was melting into black pools. Another one says she drank bottles of YooHoo and ate goopy Hershey bars while sprawled out on the cool basement floor. And the last one I have here, Kylie, who is um, one of the one of Sally's daughters, Kylie goes. to buy the ingredients, and when she gets home, it's 96 in the shade. But that doesn't stop her. She's driven about this project of hers, almost as if she believes she'll be saved by this one cake. She turns the oven to 400 degrees and gets to work. Oh, yeah, uh, so that's
0: definitely different yeah like the aesthetic and the feel like the, mm-hmm. the seasonal feel is very different
1: mm-hmm. I think the movie did a really good job like that uh, having not just the witch but having that end scene it like solidifies a place and at the time of year I think that yeah. was really smart on Griffin Dunn and uh, the screenwriter and the whole and Denise Danovich
0: and the whole witch stereotype like they kind mm-hmm. of do play into that a little bit mm-hmm. um even though most of the movie is like based on practical magic and you know, mm-hmm things we use in our everyday lives I like how they threw in those stereotypes that kind of Gary showed up to the town with that notion of and that's why kind of Sally when they were in her greenhouse kind of talking she you know she kind of edges him on a little bit like yeah mm-hmm. you should you should come come over here around Halloween you'll really see something like mm-hmm. and I love to that at the end but like she wasn't lying and we thought you know she was just being facetious like we. <laughs> but but no she's like We really do like <laughs> I love that they played into that.
1: Do, you, how about you? Because um, these are really my personal f- feelings. What about you between uh, the movie and the book? Like, how do you feel about their different aesthetics? What do you get from?
0: I really love the movie. I love the movie vibe. But if you think about it, even though the book is a lot heavier on the summer, I guess, the summary descriptions, the movie actually is very summery. Like everything is in bloom. Everything is wild. They talk about the summer mm-hmm. solstice celebration. The whole thing takes place in the summer. The only thing we really see about fall is the end of the movie exactly it really is a summary movie but everybody watches it around time i guess because that that ending scene even though it's just the one scene it's so iconic i feel like it's it's, so iconic
1: it's the coming of age it's like the acceptance the big it's perfect way to end the movie with a kiss right so we're just going to take a quick
0: break and when we come back we will do a quick card pull from the inner witch oracle and then we will really deep dive into all of the similarities and differences between the book and the movie we'll be back hey we're the steenas and you're listening to magnolia street podcast all right so welcome back um thanks for sticking around and (laughs) thank you for not leaving during our commercial break but christina is over there making a fork oh my god i don't know if this is gonna work (laughs) so if you're wondering yes me and christina are in different states but we zoom call each other so it's almost as if we are in the same room so we can see all the foolish ass things each other is doing
1: it is very helpful it is very helpful with uh, segues, but yes. not so much with everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you for sticking around. I have made my fort and it's, we, we're really trying to get you semi-decent audio, but uh, yeah. I realize on my end, I sound a little different than Justina does. She sounds very crisp because uh, she uses an iPhone.
0: Oh, I'm
1: not going to do it. I love <laughs> my widgets and my back button. But no, I know your camera's really good. Okay, off topic. So thank you for <laughs> sticking with us. We are going to go into heavy detail about the differences in the book and movie. But beforehand, Justina has the Inner Witch Oracle deck and we're going to do it.
0: Before. By the way, if you guys want to know a little bit more about the Practical Magic Inner Witch Oracle deck, you can listen to most of our um, chit chat about that on episode number one. So go check that out if you want. And we will also link this card deck in the show notes down below because it's an amazing deck. Here we go. This is Community Phone Tree Phone Tree Day. Oh,
1: Phone Tree. Okay, that's yeah. all right. I'm writing it down. We're keeping yes. a we're keeping a catalog of Let's keep a the cards we pull.
0: So community is the keyword of this card, and let me flip to the page real quick. This this deck does come with a very cute little booklet with some awesome prompts and small little bits of spell work you can do in addition as a supplement to your card pull. So this card is all about community and reach out, and the message on this card is it is time to reach out to those around you learn to lean on those who are near and dear to you in times of need loved friends and family are the best and strongest support that you have use these connections to help you with any issues or questions that you may have they are here to support you the tree is a symbol of great wisdom and having a strong foundation the more branches a tree has the stronger the root as the great tree grows and extends its branches It, in turn, depends its stable connection to the earth. Become the tree. You can also utilize the magic of this card, its affirmation, and a green candle for its connection to the stable and grounding element of earth. And the mantra on this card is, my branches are as strong as my roots. I feel like... In essence, this podcast is probably going to bring a lot of people together, which is really cool. All right. So are we ready to deep dive into all the similarities and differences between
1: the book and the movie? I think we're ready. So how we tried to organize this was kind of chronologically through the movie, but we're in the beginning, I think we throw in the setting, the characters, their their differences. Um, and then we kind of hit up the chronological uh, plot points. Yeah. Yeah
0: so all right would you like me so, to
1: begin or do you want to begin
0: okay so right. we'll start with setting yes
1: all right all right, all right guys you're gonna want to buckle up because there's a lot there's a lot this might be a big one so have yourself get yourself a drink and sit down in the book the name of the actual town where the house on Magnolia Street resides is never really specified it's just implied that it's in Massachusetts
0: in the movie the town where Magnolia Street resides is Maria's Island as can be seen on the sign in the scene where the aunt and Sally walk out of the post office and Maria's Island is implied to be
1: Massachusetts by the license plates seen all over town Uh, the book starts out at the house on Magnolia Street but later after Michael dies Sally takes the girls and moves to New York and in the movie the entire movie takes place at the house on magnolia street in new
0: england and it is implied that it is massachusetts
1: yeah so one um thread uh, that follows through the movie is that jillian kind of runs away she uh, escapes to somewhere in the south um tucson arizona is thrown out there um, where she meets jimmy
0: that was one of the only similarities found as far as setting goes
1: right yes yes in, in regard to that uh in the book gary who we talked about earlier, stays in a hideaway hotel. It's kind of a dump on the side of the New Jersey turnpike while visiting Sally's (laughs) house in New York.
0: New Jersey (laughs) hype. Jersey represent. And in the movie, Gary stays at a quaint little B and B in the main street of the quaint town on Maria's Island in Massachusetts.
1: In the book, Gillian uh, actually has a job at a hamburger shack in town, so there are actually quite a few scenes in when she the comes back shack.
0: to New York, right? New York.
1: When she yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so when she is done with Jimmy Boy and she's in her sister's home, she gets herself a job, and that is at the hamburger shack.
0: I can't remember if the Hamburger Shack, was it like a little diner on the side of the turnpike or was that actually in New York? I can't remember
1: what that was. I I don't remember either. So I was confused for a long time in regard to there's a scene where they all go for dinner for Kylie's 13th birthday. And I always thought it was at this place that Jillian works in the book, but it's not. It's like an Italian restaurant, pizzeria kind of place.
0: Okay. Well, neither one of them exists in the movie. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) Nope. She doesn't have so no job. She, she doesn't live at, no she, oh, well, technically, if she's going to work there, she might as, what does she, what does it say? She's the, testing the merchandise.
0: All right. So how about Maria's storyline and I guess the whole witch bloodline plot?
1: Yep. So in the book, Maria, the orig- the OG ancestor
0: mm-hmm. of the
1: Owens line, as first mentioned, uh, as she is painted in a portrait that hangs in the aunt's home.
0: Yeah, and in the movie, her story pretty much opens the entire movie and sets the stage for the entire movie. Yeah.
1: In the book, we know a little bit more about Maria's backstory. Uh, it is explained who the child's father is. We know how the house is built. We know her status in the town. And supposedly the child is already born in this plot line.
0: Yeah, and in the movie, she's put on the gallows pretty much in the intro. Um, And we know that she's slept with a lot of men Whose wives were on the hanging committee. <laughs> but we don't really know the source of who her baby daddy is. We don't know mm-hmm. any of that. And she's shown pregnant after the whole gallows fiasco. The child is not born yet during when we first see her. And we don't even see the child really born at all, right?
1: Right. Yep. That I was just thinking that. We don't ever see the kid.
0: And also, which I never even pieced together, we don't even know who that descendant is.
1: Nope. Uh, not until the other books so okay, okay yeah yeah the um so in the book maria is not the source of the curse as far as i could tell it's never directly me- said that she put the curse on but if you read alice hoffman's magic lessons which is all maria's story you can find out
0: yeah and i'm dying. how that with- came i about. need to catch up so badly <laughs> i'm trying <laughs> to find out all of this out so, yeah. Um, yeah, Christina knows all the D- the download, all the DL about all of this. And I'm kind of in the dark a little bit. So I know she's tr- trying to tiptoe around so she doesn't spoil stuff for me. And if you guys aren't caught up yet, we don't want to spoil stuff for you. Um, so we're going to try to keep things as based on the movie and the first yes. book as
1: much as we can. So,
0: yeah. So in the movie, Maria's grief actually fueled the Owens curse.
1: Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. How, the how, wrath. like the yes the complete destruction of your your trust and your soul and your body and just having to do that alone like she's she's fishing and shucking muscles and like (laughs) shells from the ocean on her pregnant she gives birth alone well oh if
0: you God. notice she actually started building that cabin on mm-hmm. her own. that's
1: insane
0: right and you know what I actually I was actually trying to like see if I could find any easter eggs initially when I I was watching this scene back I was re-watching this scene in, in to do research for this whole mm-hmm. episode and I was watching the scene where you know she's crying in front of that like I guess the very start of the structure of her cabin mm-hmm. on the island mm-hmm. and I was like hey is that is she building her cabin off of the platform of the gallows she was on but oh, i was like no that's not it so it, it wasn't it it was oh that would be but an insane happen, easter egg so wouldn't that have been some shit
1: that would have been you should rewrite the story
0: <laughs> i should so rewrite cool. the story. she rebuilt her cabin out of the gallows she was on oh covered.
1: what a middle finger oh, wouldn't it have been um I, yeah is your flashlight on on your phone oh my God, <laughs> I was like maybe because I know sometimes people have a setting that if they're on a, a call or something their light is on so people don't bother them
0: I like how you like caught that I like it's it's on the other side so I was like I would never have seen that my phone goes, <laughs> well I haven't plugged in so it's not gonna die so we're good
1: <laughs> um just a quick like side story so when they're talking about Maria's portrait I think you get a glimpse of it in the movie it's not said that it's her but right. um that a long time ago when i did my priestess training thing we had to do like a big like end of the year project and i i always wanted a house with like stairs because i think in the movie there's staircases like lined with picture frames and mm-hmm. and, and ancestors and stuff yeah. so for the project that i did i did my maternal lineage Um, so myself, my mom, her mom, her mom, and her mom. And I had never finished my self portrait. And I was like, I I was just imagining like Maria's portrait, which they talk about, I think a little more detail in one of the other books, just being so like regal and Mm -hmm. poised and powerful. And I was like, I want that. So I ended up painting all those portraits, but I digress. Oh,
0: well, by the way, no, let's not digress yet because I think we should (laughs) talk about your portraits a little bit because you had a YouTube video on that whole I guess the finale of your priestess training, you, you showcased your all of your portraits to your entire class. Mm-hmm. And do you want to, it's up to you. We don't have to, but do you want to include that in the show notes?
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I wrote a blog that is no longer up that I can just copy and paste at some point. But it was basically about discovering that I had this, like I don't even remember what I called it, like artistic mediumship, basically. Because mm-hmm. when I was painting my family, um, th- thoughts and messages and things would come up. So I was able to communicate and connect with them through painting them. And so I had done, cool. um, yeah, and, and I had done other gifts, like, because I'm cheap. And, like, I use my art <laughs> skill as, like, everybody gets a painting for Christmas kind of thing. So I'd done Dude, special that's people. Cheap.
0: That's, like, the most <laughs> special thing you can ever freaking receive.
1: Oh, I think everybody was really happy. So I did a lot of family members. Most of them had passed away. And I just felt like, like, I just spent time with them so I I did the whole thing about being able to kind of connect with people when I'm painting them or drawing them which is that's
0: beautiful and you know what that's like such a cool and unique like kind of divination it's very because like you know you can card pull you can you know I don't know Mm -hmm. throw Rocks or runestones, or but to have that kind of talent and to like receive messages through your talent, I think is oh, just like such a gift. Thanks. And it's just like that's so beautiful that you're able to do that for your family.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, one of the like super, we're gonna get so off topic, but I just want to share one of the, like the massive, massive things was my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, uh, passed away last year. But when I was, when she was alive, I was doing her portrait. Her husband, my grandfather, passed away when I was about eight. I think he died like a day or two before my eighth birthday and when I was painting her I just started like the under sketch and all I kept hearing was you're painting my girl you're painting my girl I was like oh my god oh my god yeah dude it was really emotional I was like I'm trying you gotta um get out of my ear for a little while though yeah yeah Um, was
0: that the same grandma with the awesome practical magic house that inspire yes.
1: you. Oh, that's yes. so awesome. That's Isn't that so, cool? That's so freaking it looks, cool. All right. Let's get all listeners yes. back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. So are we still in Maria um, or are we wrapping up?
1: Yeah. There? So the last thing with Maria's storyline was that uh they don't banish her to the island. She uh, the town in which she lives, it sounds like she has full reign of like where she needs to go. So she's not banished.
0: Okay yeah and in the in the movie she was banished to the island i guess after she had escaped her noose her hanging from mm-hmm the gallows and she was banished to the island which eventually that's where she ends up having her child and building her cabin and eventually that is established by the town's people of that island as Maria's Island in present day as we see it in Sally and Jillian's uh, present time Um, which I think is very interesting because the island is called Maria's Island and they're accepting that the island is the island of a witch but Mm -hmm. they're so like against this Owens family which makes no mm-hmm. sense to me
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you're like you're choosing to live here right bro. Like,
0: yeah you can't
1: you can't taunt the girls who live okay yeah exactly. that's a whole side story
0: sally and jillian's parents backstory yep
1: in the book we hear that the sister's parents actually die in a house fire on their second honeymoon and the quote from that section is the children, after all, were orphans whose careless parents were so much in love they failed to notice the smoke emanating from the walls of the bungalow where they had gone to enjoy a second honeymoon after leaving the girls at home with a babysitter. That's sad. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, they didn't really explain the parents' death. Well, they, the mother died of a broken heart, but the father's cause of death is unknown in the movie. And also, which i didn't really put the two and two together that um sally and julia's mom might have committed suicide right yes
1: we should throw a trigger warning at the top of this yeah we Yeah. yeah um i think in that scene where jillian's like do you forgive our mother yeah um the, um, there's a really really good podcast which kind of brought this up with, and the reason I wrote it down it's called popcorn psychology, psychology yeah. where they talk about it's fantastic they talk about this movie how that was a way of Jillian like tiptoeing around are you are you okay like your husband fell to the same fate like are you thinking about kind of doing the same thing do you mm-hmm. forgive her and that was her way of kind of being like you're not gonna right
0: so, yeah and that's you know-
1: what brought the idea
0: uh like throughout my youth watching this movie i never put the two and two together i always assumed like she died of a broken heart maybe she had a heart attack i never even like like would have guessed that she had taken her own life um but it makes perfect sense it makes perfect sense
1: and it it could it's just a a theory you know it's just a theory and people have died broken broken hearts they just lose their ability to take care of themselves uh, feed themselves and that could be definitely it so it's a possibility Yeah. Yeah.
0: But we'll, we'll link that popcorn psychology episode in the show notes. And I think we should also, I would love to do a deep dive on that episode Mm -hmm. of that podcast as Mm -hmm. well.
1: Yes, please. Oh, it's fascinating. When I found that, I was like, (gasps) mother, I listened to that again. All right, we're going to keep going. So next, we're going to do a bit of the character description. So we're going to start off with Sally in the fun. book. Yeah, Sally in the book It has black hair. She is a vegetarian, Um, fra- and the- it tells why she became a vegetarian by, by choice. She's very shy, and as she grows up and gets older, she has a job as the school secretary. And there are no real powers like I mentioned in the book, no witchy powers of any kind.
0: Yeah, and in the movie, um, Sally is played by Sandra Bullock. She has brown hair. She owns Verbena Apothecary, and her magical powers in the movie—I guess they created them just for the movie. Um, she has a connection with leaves. Uh, she can float things to the sky, little leaves and petals. She can ignite a candle flame with her breath, and she can stir coffee with her mind.
1: <laughs> I love those TikToks with the with the girls mind. with like the string on the <laughs> yeah. spoon, and they're like pretending to- I'm like, yeah, uh no, you go. Girl- <laughs> friend is a
0: witch <laughs> uh, right
1: and we have jillian uh Jilly Bain is blonde in the books she is said to have very long blonde hair and there's a scene where she actually cuts off her long blonde hair and sells it uh, and it's cut as short as a boy's and then all the girls in town end up cutting their hair also she is outgoing she works at a hamburger shack when she moves in with sally and she reads tarot as a side gig
0: and in the the movie, she's played by Nicole Kidman. She has red hair, no job unless you count her being the tester of the merchandise, as she said, <laughs> Sally's apothecary <coffee laughs> Shop. And she's implied to be a palm reader during that one scene when Gary shows up at the house and she says, Can I take a peek? And mm. she says, I can tell you have never touched a woman in anger in your whole life.
1: And he says, Can mm. I have
0: that back, ma'am? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is not swayed by He's her womanly charm. Her yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and and that brings us to, I guess, the uh, the thread that runs through both the book and the movie that her sexuality is her power. She kind of uses that to her advantage and to get what mm-hmm. she wants out of men. Do you mm-hmm. agree?
1: Yeah. I, I agree. In the book, so we're going discu- to discuss the aunts next. They are described as small and clucking. And in the book, Jetty has black hair and Franny has red hair.
0: Okay. And in the movie, the aunts are played by Stoker Channing and Diane Wiest. They are fabulous. They, uh, Jetty has light hair, Franny has dark reddish hair, and they both love to dress in the Victorian sense. And it's kind of the same throughout both books. I mean, both um, the movie and the book, right? They have that kind yes. of like Victorian style. In both the book and the movie, the locals of the town come to them at their back door at night for love spells and such
1: yeah and i think they they have that victorian style to make them like see they're they are older than they maybe everybody thinks they are
0: right and also the the um dove the heart of the dove is kind of a um kind of a theme in both the book and the movie
1: but for under the
0: aunt's umbrella right
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now we're coming to the daughters. This is might get a little confusing. Their names are the same but in both the book and the movie, but right. their ages are switched. So Antonia in the book is the older sister. She has red hair. She's beautiful. She's real mean. She's spiteful. Uh, and... They uh, have her kind of in the all of her scenes take place when she's a teenager. OK,
0: yeah. And in the movie, Antonia is played by Alexandra Alexandra Artrip. And she's the youngest daughter, and she has brown hair. And in both the book and the movie, there are no significant powers mentioned. All, all we know is that she rides around tow- town with her mouse ears all liquored up.
1: All right? liquored up. <laughs> all liquored up.
0: And I'm still confused as to why her sister, her older sister, would say that about like a, a uh, how old a six-year-old
1: like <laughs> I know like who well she hangs out with the aunt so I'm sure she has a vocabulary like nobody else I think she was just trying to cheer her mom up
0: yeah that just cracks me up all the time for the longest time I was like who's Antonia like mm-hmm. I didn't even put two and two together I was like I knew mm-hmm. Antonia was a little sister but I was like why is she driving around town all look your up no right? 6 year olds has a license and gets to drive around
1: town all like up so That's
0: right. that always made me laugh um so yeah what about Kylie
1: we got Kylie next. She, in the book, is the younger sister. She uh, has brown hair. She is very tall. I think they mentioned her being almost six foot. Um, and she is going from... We see a scene where she ages from 12 to 13. They throw her a big party. And when she turns 13, she notices she has this intuitive power to see people's auras.
0: I think that's interesting how like she she got that power like on her birthday, right?
1: I think mm-hmm. it was on her mm-hmm. birthday.
0: And um, in the movie kylie is played by evan rachel wood she's the older sister and she has red hair and she kind of has like the whole jillian thing going for her like when she was a kid um yeah and she doesn't she does not see auras like she does in the book but she can see the spirit of jimmy lingering on the
1: property i believe in the book she can sense that Jimmy's out there because she doesn't want to go out. And she says yeah. that bees avoid him. Okay. Like the bees don't like him. And then we have Mr. Jimmy himself. But however, in the books, his name is James Hawkins, a.k.a. Jimmy. And he's a like a trashy kind of cowboy redneck from Tucson. He also wears a ring, but um, it's a bit different. We'll get into that. He's a drug dealer. <laughs> Gary yeah. has been trailing him um all over because he... Uh, is connected with um, some deaths that have been happening uh, because supposedly he laced drugs and sold them to college kids, and three of them died. So Jimmy and Gary actually went to high school together in the book. Jimmy was an older delinquent uh, who dropped out of high school, and Gary became a homicide detective. So
0: in the movie, Jimmy Ho- or James Hawkins was changed to Jimmy Angelov, and that was played by a Croatian actor. Goran I believe that it was changed to something much more I guess like suave and something a little more foreign or exotic mm-hmm. <laughs> because they saw him play they saw him in like something else and they were just like really I guess a- attracted to his his vibe so they created jimmy angel of they kind of changed the character around a little bit to fit his whole persona a little more um and then he his character was more like a dracula cowboy not as not a trashy <laughs> redneck he's from mm-hmm. bulgaria and his ring is actually a plot point in the film it's a plot point in the uh book two right mm-hmm. yeah but in the in the film he's a serial killer not a drug dealer and gary is on his trail for a series of murders Um, one of the prominent ones that they talk about in the movie is phoebe stone and jimmy and gary have no such past in the film they never went to high school together they don't have any sort of past so there's quite a bit different
1: so i'm gonna ask you a question and please be brutally honest Uh, i mean (laughs) your full honesty if jimmy angelo came up to you at a party would you hang out with him (laughs)
0: are you freaking kidding of course
1: <laughs> I was gonna say and handed you a drink but I probably who, wouldn't take the drink but I would he would, wouldn't
0: okay I know he's a handsome say, man as like a dumb 22 year old yeah in a heartbeat probably yeah yeah but, how old
1: do you think Jillian was supposed to be in that scene I'm she, thinking in her 20s. I'm gonna say
0: 25 I'm gonna say 25 okay something like that
1: yeah yeah your, your it, frontal lobe is not fully developed until yeah, about that age
0: yeah and like my frontal lobe probably wasn't developed until 30 let's be honest but like <laughs> but I mean I don't know I feel like I feel like women matured a lot more back then mm. um because
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like no he's uh, handsome I'm I don't judge
0: yeah because Sally at that point already had two kids so I'm thinking that they're you know in their mid to late 20s at that point
1: okay. so then uh, lastly uh for the main characters we have Mr. Gary we have a couple other characters that come in but for Gary Hallett he in the books was orphaned and then adopted by his grandfather Sonny and he's from Bisbee, Bisbee. Yeah. yeah Bisbee uh slash Tucson, yeah Arizona. in
0: the book in the book it said he's originally from Bisbee and then he he Moved to Tucson, Arizona, I think. And then he said he's been there for like 25 years.
1: Oh, gee. Yeah. All right. So he is on the hunt for James Hopkins, aka Jimmy. He does get, uh, he intercepts Sally's letter to Jillian when he's sitting outside the apartment that Jimmy used to rent. So he's looking for Jimmy and he just so happened to be outside the apartment when Sally's letter yeah. shows up when, and the mailman drops it in his lap. Yeah. So he, obviously a little nosy nuts. See, read just sally's letter well the the
0: in the book the the envelope was torn a little bit so he, mm. in, in gary's mm. mind he said oh well it's open already so i guess it's okay if, if i read it so that's mm. what he did okay. he, he used as an ex that as an excuse to to give himself the okay without feeling guilty for reading it <laughs> oh,
1: okay then gary all right yeah yeah
0: so in the movie Gary is played by Aidan Quinn. There is no real backstory on Gary's life in the movie or that they never mentioned a grandfather or that he was an orphan or any of that. But he is from Tucson and he is on the hunt for Jimmy. But in the movie, it's unclear how Gary gets Sally's letter to Jillian. Um, And in the in both the movie and the book he obsessively reads Sally's letter and that's kind of what led him to Sally
1: yeah so uh as before when I was talking about Gary I mentioned Sonny who is his grandfather so Sonny Hallett so he they describe him in the book as a drunk who recounts his experiences of being struck by lightning aka the white snake every day until the day he died he was Gary's legal guardian after Gary's parents died yeah and
0: in the movie Sonny Hallett does not exist
1: at all or,
0: and there's no tropes about lightning or any of that
1: no there's a, even when she's like standing uh after she leaves gary at the B and like the storm's rolling in yeah there's no real like lightning storm or anything so but anyway yeah. the last thing we have here for our character descriptions is magpie and the other cats that are mentioned in the book there's a scene um where magpie follows sally to school yeah and a bunch a, of cats right chaos yeah chaos ensues but um yeah we have magpie and the other cats are named after birds also which
0: is really cute yeah I think there's like I think there's like a wren and a dove and there's mm-hmm. like a bunch of different cats um but I think magpie was the black cat that they describe in the book and mm-hmm. in the movie we only see one black cat and that and its name in the movie was never mentioned but I'm assuming that that's magpie
1: yeah yeah so we have to so there's assume there's
0: no that. other cat but that one but in the book there's many yeah all right you guys so uh, we are coming on to what? This has probably been over an hour now at this point. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> we're we're hitting that mark. Yeah, we definitely did not plan to have this be that extensive of an episode. But I guess when you're comparing a book and a movie, there's just a lot of information to relay. So I think this is going to have to be a two-part episode. What do you think,
1: Christina? I, I agree. I don't know if... Uh... If people want to sit through a two hour podcast, but Hey, you guys let us know if, if it's something you're into later on down the line, if we have something this big, if you want it all in one big chunk, or if you don't mind waiting for a part two, let us know. But I think we're going to wrap this one up. Um, we went over what we went over the settings. We went over the characters. We went over the basic plot lines. Uh, what are, what are we going to go over in in part two? Um,
0: I think we're going to go over Amas Peritas, the true love spell in both the book and the movie, Gary and Sally's first encounter, the differences between Jimmy's ring in the book and the movie, Jimmy's death, which is a huge one, mm-hmm. um, the contents of Sal- Sally's letter to Jillian, there's also some differences there, um, some differences between the themes about them being outcasts, um, and the heart of a dove is a pretty big theme that run in the on storyline that... Um, we should probably cover also the death watch beetle and the morning of Michael and the differences between the moon in the book and the movie and also uh the belladonna overdose I think we should probably (laughs) oh
1: my gosh yeah talk
0: about that Midnight margaritas uh, there's a lot coming up in the next episode and there's even more than that so I think we'll just save some of it and leave that as an element of surprise And but you guys will definitely have to tune in next week to see what other differences between the movie and book we can come up with and if you have any that you can think of please send them our way and uh, we will discuss them. Maybe we'll even have to have a third episode over (laughs) the book and the movie, but I think we should wrap it here and we'll come back to you guys next week.
1: So if you do want to reach us, we have some socials for you. Uh, Justina just mentioned one, but we also have a Patreon. And if you want to hear the awesome details about that Patreon, you can go to our very first episode. I recommend it. But Justina, do you want to tell them uh, just real quick what our tiers are and some of our other socials?
0: you can head to patreon.com slash magnolia street podcast to support us on patreon uh we have tiers ranging from one dollar all the way to eight dollars for one dollar you can join our seedling tier which gets you to sign up shout out during our podcast and also you can access polls where you can vote on what tops topics we will cover on the podcast next our three dollar lavender bud gets you complete access to all of our show notes in their entirety so after each episode we'll post our show notes on our patreon and then we have our five dollar high tier and with this tier you get access to our (laughs) private facebook community as well as our private discord um, and this just gets you access to all of our, um, I guess, just our community, and we want you to be a part of that. So head yeah. on over there to do that. And our Hey Rose tier gets you exclusive access into our Song of so musical catalog. So any songs that we feature on the show, any of our original material, we will uh, post all that stuff to our eight dollars Hey Rose tier. And all the higher end tiers, the higher you go, the more. Uh, benefits you get because you get all of the lower end tier rewards along yeah. with that. Yeah. It's like so a domino
1: domino it effect. It's an it avalanche. Is. Avalanche of goodness. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and we're also, as most of you have found us, we are on Instagram under at uh, Magnolia Street Podcast. We also have an email if you would like to email us, magnolia street podcast at gmail.com. And you covered the Patreon. What else we got? Yeah, That's drop
0: it. us a drop us a rating. And yeah we want to know what you think of the show do you love it do you hate it we don't care we just want to know that people are listening
1: <laughs> yes yes thank yeah. you guys so much and we'll see you next time
0: see you next time at that house down the street at that house on magnolia street would you go down to magnolia street with a were scary? I